I'm ready to do it, I can't be afraid now Put me on the stage now, I'm ready to rage now I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop This time, like the last time, you better get ready to race to the top I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is I step on the field, it's time to get real, I'm feeling so ruthless Hey guys, Jamie Elton here, and welcome to another awesome episode of Mindset with Muscle. Now, this one is a little bit longer today and a little bit different. I've been getting a lot of feedback from people saying that, yes, they wanted a few episodes that are a bit longer, but also where do they find or where can they find my old podcast? What I'm going to be doing every now and again is kind of flashbacking to some of my older episodes. Now, this one that I'm going to be flashbacking today with is one of the most successful episodes that I ever recorded. Had about 60,000 downloads and it was one of the most listened to Mindset with Muscle podcasts. Now, the podcast was all about one of my favorite books, which is Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. If you haven't heard this one, or even if you have, it's well worth having a listen and I really, really hope that you get a lot of value from it. So this is a flashback from episode 47 of season one of Mindset with Muscle, and it is Psycho-Cybernetics and the Success Principles from Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Enjoy. So what I'm going to talk to you today about, well, it's a little bit about the things that I kind of learnt on my holiday, and not necessarily from actually being on holiday but as usual, from reading a book. And I've wanted to read this book for a long time. I was, I was recommended it by loads of people. And, you know, I was speaking to my booksmith saying that I read it. And he actually had three copies on his bookshelf. And he says whenever he meets someone he get, that, that he thinks needs this book, he gives it to them. And that says a lot about just how good this book is. And my wife always looks at me on uh, holiday and she, you know, she smashes her books out, but she likes her vampire book. She likes, uh, you know, escapism when it comes to uh, books. You know, I'm very much into, you know, reading books that have application, which are going to help better my life. You know, I really like self-development books. I really like business books. And of course, I have my own one coming out very, very soon. But this one, which I'm talking about, is by a guy called Maxwell Maltz, and it is Psycho-Cybernetics. And there is so much value to be taken out of this book that I could literally create an entire day's seminar on everything. I could create an entire week's seminar on the content that I took away from this. And the reason it took me so long to read the book was nearly every single page I was grabbing my phone, grabbing notes, and putting things down because... As you know, it's important to read things, it's important to absorb information, but it's also important to action that information too. And that's what I want to talk to you today about, a specific part of the book. Now, Psycho-Cybernetics talks about multiple things, but primarily it talks about bettering your life. And in order to better your life, as you know, and a lot of the things that I've spoken to you about on this podcast is about understanding, you know, having an awareness of things because if you better understand things and you're better aware of things you can look towards changing them and one thing that really appealed to me on this book was the fact that it was using acronyms and of course being in the army for six years you use a lot of acronyms and what Maxwell Maltz was talking about in this book was the 
success type personality. And what he'd basically done is he broke down different anagrams, acronyms for the success type personality. And it basically went S-U-C-C-E-S-S. And obviously spells out success, which is very, very handy because it's very, very easy to remember. So what he broke that down to is different sections, obviously based on those letters. So S is sense of direction. U is understanding. C is courage. The other C is compassion. E is esteem. S is self-confidence. And the other S is self-acceptance. And what I'm going to be doing on this podcast today is breaking down each and every one, telling you the kind of things which Maxwell Marx was talking about in a book and how relevant it is to you. Now, what you've got to understand is when you speak or when you speak or hear people, so many people look at it from either the author's or the narrator's point of view. But the real key with any kind of book or any kind of information is to listen to it and see how it is relevant to you. Some of it will be, some of it won't. A lot of the things that I talk about, you probably already know that you need to do. But it's sometimes nice to have that person solidify your beliefs. Because if they are singing off the same song page as you, at least you know deep down that you're on the right track. So we're going to kick straight off with S. And S obviously stands for sense of direction. Now, I've spoken about this on Snapchat, if you follow me on Snapchat before. But the reality is, and what the book talks about is, we are engineered as goal-seeking mechanisms. You know, in order for us to strive, to be focused in life, to get shit done, we need goals. And one uh, analogy that he uses in the book is that man is somewhat like a bike. And I don't mean he gets ridden on all the time. Um, What I mean is that a bike, when stood still, is very hard to control. It's very wobbly. It's very unstable, kind of like us as human beings. When we stand still, we don't know what we're doing ourselves. When I haven't got a goal personally, and this is talking about, you know, going back just a couple of years ago, you know, I'd be very goal seeking as with anyone, but I'd always achieve the goal. And then I would always have a period of two weeks afterwards, not having a sense of direction. I I was that static bite wobbling, waiting for the next goal so I could go headfirst into it because I didn't plan my goals out correctly. It's something that I've spoken about on this podcast before and it's the importance of having short and long-term goals and obviously lifelong purpose. That way, once you achieve goals, your lifelong purpose is going to be a long way from achieving so you can strive to go forward and you're not going to be like that bike wobbling and unstable. You're going to have constant momentum because when a bike has a constant momentum, it carries on moving and it's easier to manage and balance. And that's the kind of analogy that he was using with the bike. Keep moving forward. It's when you're static, it's when you don't have goals that you start to become depressed, you start to become unmotivated, etc., 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 which is why it's so important to write shit down and focus on your goals and practice. You know, it takes practice to take time to focus on these things. You've got to build the habit up. You've got to make a conscious effort to do it. You know, your brain is 
is a muscle that needs building as well. You know, you don't just go to the gym once a week and go, oh, you know, I'm not getting any results. Exactly the same as your brain. You've got to be doing it three, four, five, six, seven times every single day, exercising it so it becomes a habit. But one thing I have explained before is that we need problems in our lives to make us happy. So many people focus on problems being a bad thing. Now, this is just a mindset. What you've got to understand is that when you are seeking a goal, it's usually because you've got a problem and that you are looking for a solution. Prime example, if you are looking to lose weight, the problem is you are overweight. The solution is to lose the weight and then all of a sudden you have a goal. You set the goal, exercise, you diet right, and then you achieve the solution. So if you didn't have the problem, you wouldn't have the goal. The the other problem that a lot of people have, which was spoken into the book, is the actual word goal itself might not work for you. And the reason that it might not work for you is because of your association with that word. Now, what you've got to understand is that when you hear a certain word and you've never achieved anything with that word, it can be negative and it can cause tension and stress in your life. So when someone says you need goals and you've set goals and you failed in the past, well, guess what? You're not probably going to achieve those goals. However, if you change the wording, tasks, projects, etc., 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 then you might be looking at them as more of a positive thing. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. So many people that I've spoken to in the past with the same sort of thing when it comes to fat loss. A lot of people talk about bulking. And I don't like the word bulking because it has negative emotions associated with it. Bulking to me uh, brings thoughts of excess, of putting on lots of weight, etc., etc. And so many people, when they tell people they're bulking, they're not bulking. They're just eating loads of crap. However, when you when you you reword that as building muscle, then things change. You know, the wording change, the mindset change, and this is exactly the same with goals. So, the book says the prescription for a sense of direction is to get yourself a goal or a project that you can work towards and make a conscious effort to measure and manage. This is something to say all the time. What gets measured gets managed. If you are not near your goals, you will know why. It's because you're not making a conscious effort to get closer to them. Simple as that. I am not where I want to be with my life. Okay, how are you measuring it? I don't know. Most people don't. They just put one foot in front of the other and just expect things to work out. And it's not until you understand that planning shit, making a conscious effort to do shit and measuring your progress and seeing where things are going wrong and where you can go right equals success. You know, the thing about the bike, as you understand, is that so many people cycle towards a goal and then they get there and they don't achieve it and then they stop. What happens when the bike stops? You get all wobbly, you lose control. What you've got to realize is that you need to keep going. And without a goal or something to strive for in life, you do lose the will to live. You really, really do. People change their mindset. People give in. And this is where lots of things happen to you. You know, a lot of people don't want to talk about this kind of woo-woo shit. But the thing is, is when you see a driven person, the whole world changes. When you have that drive, when you have that, you know, reason to get up each and every day you're a different person and you see it 
all the time. You, you see older people who get to about 80, 90 years of age, you know, married couple, and the husband dies or the wife dies. And within a week or so, the husband or wife dies too. And the reason because of that is because they've got no reason to be alive anymore. The thing is, I see so many people like that all the time. You know, I see people in their 30s or 40s, they have no sense of direction and they have no reason to get up in the morning, which is why they're not achieving things because they're not setting those goals. Anyway, that is S for sense of direction. This is probably going to be quite a long podcast um, because we're going to be dropping lots of bombs. So let's move on to U, shall we? U is understanding. Understanding. This is one thing that a lot of people on social media, especially Facebook, don't do. They don't understand because understanding depends on communication. We've got to understand what communication is. Most of our failures in human relations are due to misunderstandings. And the reason that we have so many misunderstandings is that we expect other people to react and respond and to come to the same conclusions as we do from a given set of facts or circumstances. You just, so many people just assume that people look at the world the way that they do. When that just isn't reality. And you see this in the media, and I've spoken to this time and time again. We had a advert in uh, London, most of you probably already know, which was uh, by a company called Protein World. Now, it was a very in-shape woman, and the quote, are you beach body ready, or are you beach ready? Now, some people would have looked at that and gone, hmm, that's quite motivating. No, I'm not beach ready, but thank you. You've motivated me to go to the gym, to look after myself and to exercise. However, the person to the right might look at that and go, am I beach ready? Do I need to be beach ready? Now you've made me feel insecure. Now I don't like you. And then I'm going to go and have a hate campaign against that because you think that women need to do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So two people can look at the same thing and have a different response. And the response is obviously going to be based on your life experiences and your current perception of the world. But what you have to understand is that when it comes to understanding, it works both ways. You know, you've got to make sure that what you're saying to someone, that you're looking at it from their point of view as your own. And the thing is, is that so many people jump to conclusions. Uh, For example, you know, you'll ask someone something, they looked at it a different way to you, then you get offended. Most people's reactions or position is not always to be malicious or to make us suffer, but it's because they understand and interpret the information differently to us. And sometimes you can absolutely change the dynamic of any kind of communication with a business, with a person, etc., etc., just by thinking a little bit outside the box and thinking, is what I'm saying or could what I am saying be seen differently? And nine times out of ten, it can be. Because if you are surrounding yourself with very like-minded people, the trouble with surrounding yourself with very like-minded people is that you come up to a you know you you get assumptions that everyone understands your way of thinking, especially if everyone around you currently thinks the same way. And a lot of understanding comes down to facts versus opinions, and this is a very interesting one 
because this is the problem that a lot of people have when it comes to miscommunication and it becomes and it comes to not understanding things is because many people add opinions to facts and come up with the wrong conclusions i'll say that again many people add opinions to facts and then come up with the wrong conclusion and this explains so many things you know i've i've spoken to this in the in the past, you know, the, the reason that a lot of people struggle with nutrition and training, etc., etc., is because they have the whole correlation does not imply causation thing. So let's get a uh, a couple of examples of this fact versus opinion. So it is a fact that if that two people are whispering and they stop when you when you walk up, so it's a fact that suddenly you walk up to two people who are whispering and they stop as soon as you arrive. It is, however, your opinion that you think they must have been talking about you. And then the trouble is, is that you use the fact that it actually might not, they actually might not be talking about you. They might be talking about something personal that you take offense by it and you come up with a conclusion that they're being negative. When in actual fact, if you just thought about why they might have been whispering uh, instead of thinking it's all about you, then you wouldn't have caused aggravation in the first place. Uh, I'll give you another great example. It is a fact that you text your friend and they do not reply to you. Okay, you know, you've just texted your friend and they are not replying. However, it is your opinion that you think that your friend is being rude and ignoring you. You think, motherfucker, I texted you like a day ago and you haven't replied. What a rude bastard. Uh, when actual, The actual fact might be that that person did not have their phone. They could have lost their phone. They could have... Um, run out of battery. You know, there's so many things that could have happened, but then unfortunately, but your opinion has instantly created a conclusion that that person is being rude. Now, let's think about so many different things where that happens. And I mean, it happens all the time. You know, we don't know the facts, we create an opinion, and then suddenly we come up with a wrong conclusion. Sometimes it's important to remember that... The things that we think aren't facts. They are opinions. It's what we assume. And this can be the biggest cause of communication. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying it's important sometimes to realize that. Because sometimes you can just go, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. I'm pissed off. Why am I pissed off? It could have been this. It could have been that. Prime example, so many people all the time. Whenever you get cut up or someone overtakes you aggressively, on the road, your instant reaction is to drive up their ass or to go, what a twat. But it's your opinion, once again, that they are being rude. Okay, they might have cut you up, etc., etc. But you don't know the facts. The facts could be they could have a pregnant wife in there and they're trying to get to hospital. The fact of the matter is they might be stressed because they're late for work, etc., etc., etc. You don't know the facts. But then you come up with the opinion and then you jump to the wrong conclusion. And sometimes life can be a lot more stress-free when you have this kind of thought process. But then we got to understand with understanding, and I keep saying that, we got to understand with understanding, but you, you do need to understand understanding, is that oftentimes we colour incoming sensory data by our own fears anxieties and desires so you might get an email in which you take the wrong way uh, you might have read something which makes you you know anxious etc etc and this happens online all the time i could be talking about something very sensitive such as weight loss such as any kind of thing like that 
and a lot of people see it as a personal attack on them. And it's because their incoming sensory data receives it as an attack rather than, oh, hang on a minute, I need to listen to this because people instantly build up that defense mechanism. But the reality is, is that to deal effectively with our environment, we must be willing to acknowledge the truth about it. So many people aren't willing to accept the truth about things. You know, we must be willing to accept the truth if it is good or bad. The trouble is that we have this massive filter bubble on. We don't want to hear bad news. We see bad news as a problem. And what have I said about problems before? You know, problems, we need to find solutions and then we need to set goals. You know, just because you've got bad news doesn't mean it's the end of the earth. It's being willing to accept that everything is not perfect. And a prime example of this is that um, it's been said that one reason that Hitler, there you go, mindset of muscle when we're talking about Hitler, uh, one reason that Hitler lost World War II was that he did not fully understand the situation. Bearers of bad news were punished and eventually people wouldn't tell him the truth. So he couldn't um, you know, react appropriately to the situation of the war because no one was coming to him with bad news. They were just telling him that everything's fine. And that is the worst thing. You know, when you're telling everyone that you're fine, when you're telling people or everyone that everything's fine and it's not, then guess what? You're not being honest with yourself. And then you are just ignoring things and things get bigger and bigger and bigger. So the conclusion for understanding is that is for you to look for and seek out true information concerning yourself, your problems, other people, or the situation, whether it is good news or bad. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's right. What matters is what's right. Admit your mistakes and errors, but don't cry over them. And in dealing with other people, try and see the situation from their point of view as well as your own. Because nine times out of ten, not everyone looks at the world in your eyes. So let's move on to C. Showing C stands for courage. Having a goal and understanding the situation are not enough. Now, you must have the courage to act. You know, you can set a goal, you can write it down on a piece of paper, um, you can see a situation and you can see it's going wrong, but it takes real courage to act on that goal, make shit happen, and obviously act on problems and then come up with effective solutions. So many people are quiet, not willing to speak up, and this takes courage. A lot of people see courage as a heroic act, but courage is something that you need to practice each and every day. Speaking up, having a voice, setting goals and making sure you do them, that takes real courage. And only by action, action, I'll say action, action, action all the time, can goals, desires and beliefs be translated into realities. At the end of the day, you know, if you sit there dreaming about stuff, it's never going to happen. You need to take action. You need to have the courage to set goals, look at what you desire, look at what you believe in, and to turn it into reality. But also, as I said before, have the courage to confront problems when they are small, to stop them getting bigger. So many people just sweep things under the carpet saying it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But then eventually it does matter, and then it's too late. And so many people do that. They're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. They shrug it off, and it just gets bigger and bigger. And there was a great quote in a book, and it said, touch a thistle timidly, and it pricks you. Grasp it boldly and its spines crumble. So stop touching around things. If you've got an issue, take it head on, crush it and make sure that it's nipped in the bud and you can get on with your day. And that takes real courage. It really, really does. Because if you've never done it before, um, it's going to feel very, very uncomfortable. But it's the same as anything. You know, if you've never done it before, 
you're not going to have experience with it and experience comes from repeatedly doing it but also ask yourself a question why not bet on yourself nothing in this world is ever absolute or guaranteed that's one thing you have to remember anyone who tells you an opinion on something it's not guaranteed you know i don't know if uh, some of you might be listening to this but I decided to do a charity event. And for the charity event, what we decided to do was um, a eight-man, 24-hour sled push. And the beginning of this week, I looked at it and I thought, yeah, that's okay. You know, it's pretty pretty tough, you know, up 24 hours pushing a heavy sled. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it by myself. And I told everyone who was meant to be on the team that I'm going to do it myself. And they looked at me and said, that's impossible. Are you crazy? That's not going to happen. I'm like, well, yeah, it will. You know, what you're saying now is not absolute. You know, you're saying it's impossible or this that, and the other from your perception. But then once it's been done, then the whole game changes because then you believe that it's possible. But you're not going to know until you try. So nothing in this world is ever absolute or guaranteed. Remember that. Apart from obviously dying. That's pretty much guaranteed. Uh, unless some... Um, some magic happens with that. Often the difference between a successful man and a failure is not one's better abilities or ideas, but the courage that one has to bet on his ideas, to take a calculated risk and to act. So many people look at all these successful people left and right and think, oh, well, he's talented. He's got better ideas with me. He's got better abilities. The reality is, and this is what I say to people all the time, all the time at the end of my seminars, Four words, I am nothing special. I am nothing special. However, I do have the courage to bet on myself, to take calculated risks, and most importantly, act on them. Because I believe, and it's true, and you hear it time and time again, dreams are dreams until you take action and make them a reality. Exactly what we were saying before. If we wait until we are absolutely certain and sure before we act, we will never do anything. So many people are waiting for the perfect moment to quit their job and suddenly follow their dream. Or I'm just going to wait until I've got enough money till I'm safe and then I'm going to follow my dream. Fuck that. You know, so many people wait to the perfect moment for something and then they never do it. They go, oh, well, you know, this happened and this happened. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. You're just not grabbing life by the balls and making just you know, taking a bit of courage and going fuck it this is what I want to do and I'm going to make it happen you must daily have the courage to risk making mistakes risk failure and risk being humiliated because these are the three things that fuck people up they're worried about making mistakes when actual fact it's those mistakes that are going to create experience which are going to help you better your life better your success better your progression with what it is that you want to do risking failure failure is not bad you know there's very i say this all the time a difference between failing and failure you know failure is a person who's given up who's accepted a feat defeat sorry but failure is a necessary thing for growth you know learning what not to do looking at it as feedback and going right what do i need to do here you know fa- you know failure is the bike failure is that bike that stationary is wobbling and has no sense of direction failing is that bike who cycles down the wrong way realizes it's a dead end turns around and cycles the other way at the end of the day a step in the wrong direction is better 
than staying on the spot all your life. You correct the course as you go. And a nice analogy that I like to see with that is, you know, a plane sets off and it might want to go from A to B, but winds, you know, time, whatever, you know, whatever goes on, um, can sometimes hinder it from getting to its destination. But what does it do? It takes another route. It may take a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, it still gets to its route. So many people, like that plane, see that it's going to get a bit tough, and then they turn around, and then they they land that plane. And they don't turn around and go, right, you know, I'm off now. I'm, you know, I'm flying to my destination. It doesn't matter if it takes me a little bit longer as long as I get there. And that's the most important thing to understand. If you're If you're committed to doing something, do it. Believe in yourself and make sure that you understand that it's not a straight line. You know, nothing's ever A to B. You're always going to get have hurdles. You're always going to have problems. But the most important thing is having that courage to risk making the mistakes, risk failing. And obviously, the most important one is risk being humiliated. So many people are worried that, oh, I'm going to be humiliate, humiliated, etc., etc., etc. It's like, fuck that. Who cares? At least you can look back and go, I tried which most people can't because most of the people who are laughing and pointing fingers have never done a fucking thing in their life and they will continue not to do soddle with their life because they'd rather sit there in their nice little safe zone and just look at everyone and go, oh, 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 he's lucky, oh, he's done this, he's done that, rather than going, right, I'm I'm willing to make that sacrifice. So my prescription for courage is be willing to make a few mistakes, to suffer a little pain to get what you want. Don't sell yourself short. Anything that I've ever achieved in my life has come from a little bit of pain, be it getting into ridiculously low body fat levels, be it into uh, building my businesses, etc., etc., etc. It involves pain, but it's something that I said before, pain equals progress. And many heroes don't know how courageous they are until they act. Most of them live their lives in self-doubt. And remember, daily living requires courage, so practice it daily. You know, courageous acts, you know, are very sporadic. But you've got to understand is that courage is something that you have to build each and every day. So let's move on to C, shall we? C is compassion. Successful personalities have some interest in and regard for other people. This is something that I learned along the way during my, you know, my mental transformation. When I left the army, everything was based on me you know, the world revolved around me. I, you know, I woke up in a very kind of, I would say very proactive state, but I, I, I was focusing on what I can achieve, not what I can help others achieve. And it wasn't until I understood and realized that it wasn't, it was more than me. It wasn't about what I could achieve. It's what I could make others do to benefit their lives, that the real success started to come. Our feelings about ourselves tend to correspond to our feelings about other people. When a person begins to feel more compassion about others, he invariably begins to feel more compassion about himself. When I see people online trolling others, you know, treading down people's dreams and stuff like that, I don't get pissed off with them. You know, some if they catch me on a wrong day, maybe, but I see that they're coming from a certain element of pain. I see that they're not happy with their lives and they're, they're wanting to take it out on others. And this is the huge difference um, in compassion. It's understanding that. Because as soon as you have compassion for others, you can free yourself from others' problems. 
And, and what I mean from that is that so many people get caught up and stressed and down about other people, you know, talking shit about them, trying to make them feel bad. But that's not going to help you. Understanding that people are doing that because they're from a place of pain, then you can just shrug it off and get on with doing the thing that you are doing, which is you know, choosing to become successful. So, one of the best-known methods of getting over a feeling of guilt is to stop condemning other people in your own mind. Stop judging them, stop blaming them, and hating them for their mistakes. As I said before, most people that troll me on the internet and say nasty things are usually the people who have the most problems in their lives. Empathy and understanding reduces my own stress levels. So, stop hating on people, stop condemning people, because... What it's doing is it's highlighting your own insecurities. So my prescription for compassion is try and develop a genuine appreciation for people by realising the truth about them. It's not because most people are bad people, it's just because they're in a bad place. And as soon as you understand that, you can free yourself from the stress of worrying about it. And then you can start focusing on the things that are actually going to help people. The people that are listening, the people that are absorbing the information, the people that are willing to use it for themselves. So take the trouble to stop and think of other people's feelings, their viewpoints, their desires, their needs. And I'll leave you with a, a, an interesting quote, which I think is relevant to this. Um, it is by Aristotle, and I don't like to go, oh, Aristotle. But it does hit home with a lot of things. And it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. And I'll say that again. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. And what I mean by that is that people have different perceptions of the world. You may have friends that think different things. You may have friends that support different football teams. I know that's a very... Um, <laughs> a very different thing but you're still friends with them you know you can have different opinions on football but then you know you can still be friends just the same as people have different views on life some people like to work uh, every hour under the sun some people like to have uh, a laptop lifestyle some people like to have a vegan way of life some people like to eat meat and, it, and you're still able to entertain the thought of someone without accepting it as a fact the trouble is with a lot of people is that they need to surround themselves with like-minded people because they're afraid of people you know tapping into their identity and I've, I've spoken to this time and time again before so many people create things in their lives as part of their identity and if anyone goes to hurt that they see it as a personal attack on them prime example if i start talking about crossfit and start taking the piss out of crossfit um people you know for a lot of people crossfit has transformed and changed their lives and whenever anyone talks negatively of it uh, people get defensive instead of looking at it from their point of view and laughing about it, because they are so confident that um, that is part of their identity, that is part of who they are, and they're able to entertain a thought without accepting it as a fact, um, and being able to laugh it off. You know, some people look at me and go, oh, bodybuilding, this, that, and that. And you know, I'm like, well, look at it from their point of view. You know, if you look into the bodybuilding industry, it can be a very scary-looking place. You know, lots of muscles, lots of apparently strong people, but what they don't see is everything behind that, you know, the inspiration, you know, the hard workers, the fear, the doubt, the the self-confidence issues that so many people have in when it comes to bodybuilding and fitness. They don't see that. They just see the negative side. And when you appreciate and understand that, you have more compassion with it. So let's move on to E, shall we? And E is esteem. And, 
you know, esteem is a really important one because we simply must get it through our heads that holding a low opinion of ourselves is not a virtue, it's a vice. So many people have such a low opinion of themselves. And what happens is, like any habit, when you start building up the habit of having a low opinion of yourselves, it comes very, very hard to get out of that because, you know, that ends up going into your subconscious and that ends up becoming a fact. When actual fact, it's not a fact. You just assume it is. And things like that can always be changed. You know, jealousy, for example, is nearly always caused by self-doubt. When you're jealous about something, it's because it highlights one of your insecurities. You know, a lot of people will hate on people with great physiques by shouting steroids, this, that, and the other, because secretly, deep down, they want to feel better. Or their, their vision of what that person looks like is what they want to feel like. A lot of people will look at the perfect physique and go, oh, I'm jealous of that, he's got that, and I haven't. When actual fact, for all you know, that person with a great physique could be coming from a huge amount of pain. And they could be walking around with that great physique, but then they hate it because they feel low in energy, they feel like shit, and they feel very, very self-confident. So jealousy is nearly always caused by self-doubt. But the person with the you know person with adequate self-esteem doesn't feel hostile towards others. You know, he isn't out to prove anything. He can see facts more clearly, and he isn't as demanding in his claims on other people. You know, whenever I see anyone with huge amounts of success, I see all the time that people hating on them. And it's because, as I said, it's jealousy. Um, I'm always the first, really, when I see someone doing well, to to reach out and say, Well done, mate, awesome work. And 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 be genuine. Because I love seeing people do well. You know, I absolutely love it. You know, people that work hard, people that stay committed to something, there's nothing that inspires me more by seeing someone, you know, go ahead in life because they're they're putting their, their fucking heart on the line to make it happen. So my basic prescription for esteem is to stop carrying around a mental picture of yourself as a defeated, worthless person. You know, the word esteem itself means to appreciate the worth of when you start to appreciate the worth of other people, you will start to appreciate your worth more. And I'll say that again. When you start to appreciate the worth of other people, you will start to appreciate your worth more. So change this mental picture of yourself. And this isn't talking about changing your identity. This is changing what you think of yourself. You know, uh, you haven't got a video, you know, I haven't got a video on here, but I have got on my wall now, as I'm looking at it, there's a few things that it says and it's funny because it's all on one page um and it's the first one it says a flower does not think of competing to the flower next to it it just blooms so relevant uh the one below it says become genuinely interested in other people uh the one above that says who have you helped today uh the other one below it says help others achieve their dreams and you will achieve yours and the next one next to it by is by napoleon hill it says it is literally true that you can succeed best and quickest by helping others to succeed. And then the last one, bottom right, is just a picture of Barack Obama pointing at me saying, hey you, you are fucking awesome. That's brilliant. <laughs> I look at that all the time when I'm feeling down and to have Barack Obama pointing at me, telling me I'm fucking awesome, does fire me up for the day. So let's move Swiftly on to self-confidence. We got to understand with confidence, it's built on an experience of success. 
When we first begin any undertaking, we are likely to have little confidence because we have not learned from experience that we can succeed. This is why I have so much confidence with getting in shape because I've done it time and time and time and time again. And this is the reason also why people don't have the confidence to achieve body, you know, to achieve their ideal body because they've never achieved it. So there's no marker there. They're like, well, I've never done it before, so I'm not going to do it. Um, But it's important to understand that success does come with experience. The reason, prime example, that Gary Vaynerchuk has the confidence to stand in front of thousands of people and talk about business is because he's had massive levels of success with it and he's experienced the success from it, developing huge $100 million companies. You know, the reason I'm confident to stand in front of a crowd and tell people about body composition and training is because not only have I transformed my body time and time again, but I've transformed thousands of other people too. So I don't have that issue of confidence for someone to turn around and say, Jamie, you haven't got a fucking clue what you're talking about. And that's where confidence comes from because that is the biggest fear that a lot of people have. They're worried that people are going to think that they don't know anything, which you know, we can go down a massive rabbit hole of that as well, because so many people um, have got to realize that you've got to understand that no one knows everything. And it actually takes a better person to put their hands up and go, I don't actually know that, but I will find out. And that is so important to do. So learn to get good at remembering successes and forgetting failures. This is a huge thing that a lot of people do. They don't, they don't remember the things that they succeeded in. They only remember the things that they failed. People remember their failures better than they remember their successes. And this needs to stop. And you've got to get used to succeeding in things. People set two higher goals of success and then they don't achieve it. And because they don't achieve it, they don't get that confidence. So set yourself, set yourself small wins. Get used to succeeding. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Succeeding can be... Um, making sure that you drink three liters of water a day, having a nice little tick box in your diary that you put a tick next to it and you go, I've done that. That's achievement. Achievement comes with success. Use errors and mistakes as a way of learning. Then dismiss them from your mind. Deliberately remember and picture to yourself past successes. So understand any kind of failure, any kind of error or mistake is a way of learning. Once you've learned, dismiss. Get on. I know it now. And make a conscious effort to remember your past successes. So what I want you to do after this podcast is start writing down things that you have succeeded in. Be it big, be it small. And remember the feelings that you experienced when you were successful. Because guess what? That feeling that you experienced when you were successful, guess what that's called? confidence and this is where confidence comes you get approached with something and some people like quiver and die and some people rise to the challenge and the people that rise to the challenge is because they remember that feeling of doing it before and getting a result that's what confidence feels like so start thinking about that feeling that you had when you achieved something and it could be fucking anything like i don't know uh you learn how to spell Recipe. And you laugh about that. Recipe is really hard to spell. <laughs> R-E-C-I-P-E. Look at it as recipe. 
That's how I remember it. Some people will go, Jamie, you're a moron. Some people go, um, actually, yeah, I didn't know how to spell recipe. So, confidence. And a little thing that I want you to do after listening to this is focus on getting a, getting a diary first. You haven't got a diary, then sort your life out. Uh, but one thing I want you to do is every evening write down three wins that you got for the day. So I guarantee there were there was at least three things you've done which you've succeeded in the day. As I said, it could be as simple as drinking three liters of water. It could be as simple as following your macros and making sure you hit them. Success, success, success. Small little successes have a domino effect and create bigger successes. So three wins every day. Make sure you practice. And we're going to finish off with our final one, which is self-acceptance. No real success or genuine happiness is possible until a person gains some degree of self-acceptance. This is the problem with so many people. They don't accept themselves as who they are. Success which comes from self-expression often eludes those who strive and strain to be somebody and often comes almost on its own accord when a person becomes willing to relax and be himself. My success started to really happen when I realized this. I stopped becoming Jamie Alderton, the fitness model, um, who took his wedding ring off at fitness expos because, um, you know, I wasn't um, at a fitness expo. I wasn't Jamie Alderton. I was Grenade J, the fitness model. I didn't want anyone to know my, my that I was normal. You know, lived in this fucking fantasy world in sort of 2010, 2011. And I wouldn't, you know, I said before, I wouldn't even go to a fitness expo unless I was in shape because I didn't want to feel like I was a fraud. You know, this isn't being honest with myself and who I was. And then so, so, as soon as I started to not try and be somebody, not try and be this Grenade J fitness model who's always in shape, who always looks good at all this f- shit, suddenly I become the person I wanted to be and then started to relax, be myself. And then people started to understand me more, get me more, and my success started to come. And it all came down to self-acceptance. Self-acceptance means accepting and coming to terms with ourselves, just as we are, with our faults, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, errors, as well as our, most importantly, assets and strengths. And got to understand self-acceptance. Just because we accept it doesn't mean that we can't change it. You know, the way that someone could look at this is, I'm just going to accept that I'm always going to be fat. That isn't self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is understanding that you are overweight and that you need to do something about it because you're not happy. But you need to accept it first instead of lying to yourself. You know, you need to realize that these negatives belong to us, but they are not us. Just because some, you know, anything that's viewed as negative just because it currently belongs to us doesn't mean it's always going to be. You know, if we are, you know, not strong enough to lift a weight, that's not always going to be us because there's something we can do about it to get stronger. And this is the same as anything in your life. But first things first, you need to accept it. Many people shy away from self-acceptance because they insist on identifying themselves with their mistakes. So I will always be fat. Um, I will always be unsuccessful. Um, I will never do this. I will never do that. As soon as you start to believe that, guess what? It becomes a fact in your head, even though it's not. You know, you may have made a mistake, but that doesn't mean that you are a mistake. 
That's so important to remember. Just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that you are that mistake. And the first step to acquiring knowledge is the recognition of those areas where you are ignorant. I will say that again because this, this, so many people need to hear. The first step to acquiring knowledge is the recognition of those areas where you are ignorant. So many people are ignorant. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. Or, you know, so many people who are not happy with their weight, yet they're not willing to accept it, and they're just coming up with some random conclusion. I'm like, look, dude, first, you just need to accept that you're being ignorant when it comes to weight loss and that you need to recognize that you're not sure what you're doing and you need help. The first step towards becoming stronger is the recognition that you are weak. I'll say that again. And you know, people take this to heart, but the first step towards becoming stronger is the recognition that you are weak. As soon as you accept and understand that you are weak in a certain area, then you can go towards improving it. It's only when you're not willing to accept that you are weak in that area that you don't improve because you're too proud to admit that you know that that is some kind of weakness when it's not you know admitting the weakness first and realizing you need to get stronger means that you can progress with it but firstly you need to accept it in the journey towards a goal of ideal self-expression we must use negative feedback data to correct the course as in any goal striving situation we need that criticism we need that feedback. We need to be told where we're going wrong. And there's a difference between the opinions from someone that doesn't matter and actually negative feedback, which we can take on. And you know, people say this to me all the time. You know, I have a lot of strengths, but I have a lot of weaknesses too. You know, sometimes I'm literally like a, a rabid dog with a frisbee. You throw a frisbee, you know, I'll go, I'll go and fetch it. And sometimes I just go off on a random one when I should be focusing on. Um, you know, business critical things instead of sometimes wandering off into some uh, you know, random fantasy world. Um, and, you know, I say this to a lot of my um, colleagues. I say, look, you know, if you think I'm going off on one, rein me in and then I'm willing to accept it and then understand it and then progress forward. You know, if your goal is to lose weight, you need to accept that you are not losing weight because you haven't accepted there is a problem in the first place. And then you've got to realize that you have been ignorant in the acquisition of knowledge on the subject of weight loss because you haven't been willing to accept it. So as you start accepting that you don't know subtle when it comes to weight loss and you're willing to be open to learn and to evolve and grow, what happens then is that you start to achieve things. People don't accept themselves because they misunderstand their actual self as something they need to arrive to. So many people get their actual self wrong. They think, oh, I just need to drop 10 pounds and then I'll be happy. You know, what you're thinking there is that you will be your actual self when you achieve your desired goal. And this is where people go wrong. They, they, they desire and they focus things and they get there, they get to that end point, they get to that top of the mountain and it's not what they were looking for because they were so focused on getting that result and being a different person because they assume that they need to arrive to it. You know, they, they're not willing to open up that actual self. They're willing, you know, the trouble that they do is that they think, when I get that, when I achieve that, then I'll be my actual self. And this is the problem. You know, our actual self is and will always be imperfect and short of the mark. You know, so many people strive to have the perfect body. 
you know, the actual self is me looking a certain way. And then they get there and they realize it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. No one ever succeeds during a lifetime in fully expressing or bringing into actuality all the potentialities of the real self. There is no time in life where you're going to get to a position and go, yep, I'm done. There's no time when you're going to go to the gym and lift weights and going to look in the mirror and go, yep, that'll do. There's no time in your business where you're going to get to a certain certain place and go, yep, that'll do. You always, as a goal-striving machine, is always trying to create a better picture of what you believe is yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you are not going to get to your deathbed and go, I've done everything, you know, I've learned everything. Um, I've done everything that I need to do in life. You'll always want that desire to to learn more, to perform better, to behave better. And we can always do it. You know, we can always learn more. We can always perform better. We can always behave better. And what you've got to understand is the actual self is is necessarily imperfect. Throughout life, it is always moving towards an ideal, you know, an ideal goal, but never arriving. You know, as soon as we achieve something, uh, which we believe is part of who we are, then suddenly we're looking for something else. And then as soon as we achieve that, we're looking for something else. And as soon as we achieve that, we're looking for something else. So there is never going to be a point in your life where things are going to be perfect. Things are going to be everything that you ever dreamed of. Because I'll tell you now, it's not a reality. People say, oh, if I just win the lottery. I know, and I've seen a lot of lottery winners, and I've also seen a lot of people with a lot of money who are depressed. So if you honestly think that your actual self is you earning millions of pounds, you, you could be sadly mistaken. And you've got to understand is the actual self is not a static but a dynamic thing. It's never completed and final, but always in a state of growth. Even when you're 70, when you're 75, when you're 80, whatever, you will always learn something new every single day. So my prescription for self-acceptance is to accept yourself as you are and then start from there, okay? So the problem that a lot of people have is they accept themselves as they are and then they do sod all about it. That is going to be your start point, accepting your weaknesses, willing to work on them, accepting your strengths, etc., etc., etc. Self-acceptance is so important. And learn to emotionally tolerate imperfection in yourself. You know, understand, look at, look at yourself and go, look, I'm not perfect. Don't see that as a bad thing. See it as something that you need to potentially work on or that you've accepted it and, you, and that you're happy with it. It's necessary to intellectually recognize our shortcomings, but disastrous to hate ourselves because of them. You know, we've all got shortcomings. We've all got, we all wish we had things that others haven't. Oh, I wish I had that color hair. I wish I had a better nose. I wish I didn't have this. You know, it, it, intellectually recognize these things. You go, okay, um, but don't hate yourself because of it. You are neither ruined or worthless because you made a mistake or got off course. Any more than a typewriter is worthless when it makes an error or a violin that sounds a sour note. You know, just because a typewriter makes an error or a violin just goes off a sour note doesn't mean that it's ruined just as much as yourself. You know, you go a little bit off course doesn't mean that everything is fucked. You know, I say this all the time when it comes to nutrition. Just because you overate one day doesn't mean the entire thing is fucked. You want to look at things from a bigger perspective. Don't hate yourself because you're not perfect. You have a lot of company, trust me. No one else is perfect either. And those that try to pretend are kidding themselves. So 
that's the most important thing to understand with self-acceptance is that no one's perfect. No one ever will be perfect. We all have flaws. We all have things that we are unhappy about. And if you walk down the street listening to this, watching this, if you look at every single person around you, left, right, center, we're all struggling with something. Every single person is struggling with something in their life. Trust me. As soon as you understand that, you can chill out. Because a lot of people think that their problems, they're the only person in 7.2 billion people in the world that has those problems. You're not. There are millions of people with the same problems as you. You are not a special snowflake. Everyone is going through their own struggles and problems. As soon as you understand that, you can accept it and you can look to either better them or to chill the fuck (laughs) out. So that was a lot of my conclusions from Psycho-Cybernetics. And, you know, a lot of that was um, word for word in the book. There were a lot of things that Maxwell Maltz said in the book, and I highly recommend checking it out. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully it wasn't too boring. And hopefully you got some great knowledge bombs from that. If you got a lot of value out of that, please make sure that you tweet me at Grenade J and let me know because I do enjoy getting your tweets, especially about mindset with muscle. And as always, ladies and gents, please make sure that you give us a review. If you've got lots of value from this and if you enjoy these podcasts, please just take a second, head on over to iTunes, give us a nice review um, because they mean so much because they do help get this podcast out to more people who are going to hopefully benefit from it. That's it for me. And as always, ladies and gents, I finish with the same quote, and that's what you put in your body affects how you look and how you feel, and what you put in your head affects what you think and what you do. And today you have been filling your head with Jamie Alderton. Thank you ever so much for listening to the Mindset with Muscle podcast today, and I will see you next week.